How Long Gone is here, a rare Monday pod because of I don't know why, but luckily that's great. I'm still riding high off the season two finale of White Lotus. We just kind of talk about that now on the show. What's up with you, Chris? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, we've shifted, we've shifted to a vulture style recap where that's all we talk about is TV shows. That's what people want more, unfortunately. No, uh, yeah, we, we had to do this on Monday because our, our guests are high profile and obviously, you know, we're, we're at the, we work for them mm-hmm. scheduling wise, um, but it's it, it works out just fine. It gives Jason a little more time to craft. I'm in the middle of crafting a blog house set right now, so I don't really need the extra work. <laughs> <laughs> on, on top of my normal influencing, so it's it's a tough Monday so far. Yeah, no, I know. I know you're slammed and it's not even sunny out so it's extra it's extra hard but I did um I wanted to talk about the fact that after all of my hemming and hawing I was not against my will but I was um somewhat forced to endure the one hour and 21 minute finale of White Lotus last night Yeah you I th- I think you were less um begrudgingly watching it and more begrudgingly having to be a team player o- arriving at Oberg's house hat in hand you didn't want to do it but you knew that it was a better thing to do yeah, for the whole it was better for the whole game i mean luckily it was in a in a beautiful house in the hollywood hills on a fantastic couch mm-hmm. um pre- preceded by a home cooked meal of course mm-hmm. um so I, I felt like it was the right setting could have been worse but then after spending an hour and 21 minutes on that beautiful couch uh scrolling on my phone uh, half paying attention to this program that you guys literally jerk off to. Rude. Um, and I have to say, uh, I, I, I know I didn't get the other six episodes to build up, but like, this is really it. Like, this is the, the this is the greatest television show ever made. Like, are we really? Like, did you like the finale or were you like, this is mid, but I have to like it because I put in so much time? Uh, I did like it. I don't think it, I think a lot of people did not like it. Um, they wanted more like season one. They liked a little bit more. People wanted more loose ends tied up and everything. And I think that this one, it was a little more, you kind of have to maybe figure it out or it's a little choose your own adventure. Maybe the answers to what ended up happening could be a little bit more open to the viewer's interpretation, which a lot of people don't like now because they're lazy. And But I think that makes it more, gives you more fun things to talk about when you go to the coffee shop, when you go to Monk's afterwards to, to dissect what, what you had just seen, you know? <laughs> oh, it can't just man. be like, I mean, I hate going to a movie and you're like, dude, movie was so good and they're like yeah, i know yeah. right it was so it was so good Dude, that movie so, remember that one time that they did this it was dope <laughs> no like, all right that. have a good night see you later Re- remember that one time but yeah i i was um i was forced to endure and i made it out on the other side um but i will say it didn't seeing that final episode the hotly anticipated final episode um it did not compel me to go back and watch the previous six. I will say that. I don't think nobody uh, nobody thought that that, that it would. Well, sometimes I, what, the pop- I, what did I say? Nobody. My my recap of the episode is nobody does prostitution like the Italians. That's great. They're they're a master <laughs> of their craft. They do they do wine pretty well. Yeah, pasta sometimes is good. But the prostitution, the prostitution, it's an al dente prostitution that not a lot of other countries or regions <laughs> of planet Earth has been able to do with such a je ne sais quoi, not to use a French word. Italy's Italy's uh, throwback style nature and approach to life um, compared to America makes prostitution um, feel noble. 
in, in, in ways <laughs> and, and, and sophisticated. I guess I didn't, I never thought of Italian, it, Italy itself being thro- throwback vibes. Yeah. But I think that is maybe a big reason why people like to travel there. It's it's definitely throwback vibes. Like old, like vintage. I think, I think um, sex work and prostitution in America, not only has it been demonized and, um, you know, shit on by the Christian right, but it's also, mm-hmm. it's also, it's been taken online. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, here, DM me. You know, it's like that's it's <laughs> DM me your rates. Let's work. Yeah, exactly. It's much cooler to not fully understand what's going on, and then wake up in the morning and your Rolex and wallet are gone mm-hmm. after you left a thousand dollars on the table for one night of passion. That's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like that's how God intended. And I think that some things um, do not need to be modernized. And I think I think sex work is one of them. God intended all sex workers to be proficient in piano playing as well. It's yes, just exactly. a nice added bonus <laughs> yeah. that if if every I mean in general piano playing is something that I find quite cool and attractive um no matter who's tickling the keys especially now that holiday season parties are in, in full swing yeah. a, a little little silver bells on the on the ivories that ain't what kind of what kind of christmas songs do you know on the piano mm. anything anything i know rocking around the christmas tree okay beep 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 you're saying you can play that on the piano not on the stratocaster not on both bitch oh oh, wow okay okay i can play all four notes of that okay (laughs) that's look that's better than i can do so i'm I'm slightly impressed um but are you um are you mentally prepared for our our big trip to to seattle no or okay you're not so no but since look we're gonna go show up a day early and i'll walk the mean streets of of C-Town and really get a feel for it. Different streets to make fun of, different people to make fun of, different... I think it's finally time for us to get the video of you catching a fish. Down at the wharf. Down at the wharf. <laughs> yeah, oh. I'll, 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 I'll pull up a couple steelhead from my friends over at Sweetgreen. Oh, God. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, we saw... I think we talked about this last night. We saw a... Um, there's a there's a viral photo going around of Ben Affleck um and uh his his beautiful bride jennifer lopez and ben is is clearly sipping on a trenta size <laughs> not a trenta no it's not a trenta it's just a, a classic venti uh starbucks it looks to be a frappuccino with full whip on top Ugh. and i just can't imagine this is this is this is our boston Holy tea party whip. this is our boston tea party this is <laughs> i we're gonna go i'm sure the boston residents are throwing starbucks into the into the water you know right now to protest yeah. <laughs> but yeah. ben do you think ben is so transfixed by j-lo's bubble butt that he followed mm-hmm. her into Starbucks and didn't even know. Like he just he just kind of <laughs> he kind of floated into Starbucks and then and then uh, didn't realize the paparazzi be waiting on him to see him kind of cheating on his spouse. Un- unprecedented move. I don't think anybody had that on their 2022 bingo card for for Ben to be sipping down a nice Starbies. I I think that there's something bigger at play, you know, like an endorsement deal or something going on. We see a brand partnership on the horizon. I mean, you know what's coming up next month or maybe a month or two from now, Super Bowl. Oh, you know, okay, the, the, okay. the Ben Affleck Starbucks <laughs> where he where he dumps out the Duncan in okay. the dumpster and switches sides. Oh, you want to? You thought J Lo broke the internet? <laughs> yeah. Until Ben Affleck starts drinking a different shitty coffee. I mean, it's crazy to think about, but I I because we know Ben Affleck, he doesn't need the money. 
Like we're sure of that. Ben Affleck is is no, no is, nobody needs the money. Ben Affleck has plenty of fucking money. But do you think that maybe it's just the influence of J Lo and it's just an overall? I don't I don't I don't think it's an overall. I think the the reptile overlords that manage his career after the blood oath that him and his partner took. Mm-hmm. These are certain things that you know, like it's like the mafia or whatever the familia, if you will. You know, I'm going to do you a thing at a, at a certain moment in time. Okay. You might get a okay. phone call and you have to do a thing. And if you don't do the thing, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it might not be great for you. Um, <laughs> it might not be great for you. Yeah. I mean, if you guys have seen that picture, it also it also looks extremely staged. So I don't know. I don't know. I think that's maybe he just has a certain look when he when he's with the the paparazzi his friends in the paparazzi he always looks guilty like he always looks like he's being caught doing that's because something. he is he, he's that's giving because, gone girl he's giving big gone girl that's because he's like probably just smoked 14 cigarettes and they saw him mm-hmm. and it only took 10 minutes that's i think that's <laughs> that, that's maybe part yeah, of like, it. it wasn't the fact that they caught him smoking a cigarette is they they knew the exactly amount. how many packs that yeah, he can put down sheer. in one hour not cigarettes packs. he went through two packs of hestias no problem uh while 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 j-lo was <laughs> buckling the kids in the back of the fucking g-wagon um <laughs> where's my cotton where's my cotton <laughs> i told you i need a cotton do you want to do you want to talk to our guests about about elon getting booed for 10 minutes or is that there's there's not much to to whittle on that wood. I I would I would actually I would like to I, I would like to do that because these are guys that are in the public spotlight um and have probably both been booed before just basing <laughs> just basing just basing that on numbers it's alone. It's a numbers you know, the, game, yeah. Yeah, it's a numbers game. But yeah, today we are um hosting a friend of the show uh, and former guest Will Welch. Uh, you know him as the global editor in chief of Gentleman's Quarterly. Uh, Condé Nast's Mr. Man of the Year Mr. Man of the Year M-O-T-Y is what we call him and one of his best friends and a um, four-time Grammy award-winning musician uh, Jason Isbell who you guys probably know from his uh, music with the Drive-By Truckers his solo albums he's also uh, he's also a member of the Sober community so Chris and him will have different I mean I think his uh, his poison was a little more bottle of Jack and a little less uh, Sackler family, but yeah, well, it's still it's still a common, you know, it's a shared thread. Yeah, um, but they're actually so the reason they're coming on the show together is because they're doing an evening of conversation and song together at the beautiful historic Fox Theater on Peachtree Street in, in in my hometown of Atlanta, Georgia, on December seventeenth. The the theater that Joe Rogan built. That's where we saw Rogue. That's where we saw Rogies do his stand up in Atlanta, and we walked out eleven minutes after. Exactly. Look, I mean, if these guys are doing the same, if, if Will Welch is doing the same venue as Rogan, he's 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 more than Mister Moddy. He's not. He's more than just the Moddy Dotty. He's 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 putting butts in seats, and also and also, I was wondering because Chris, I know you're a Southern boy, and there's different ways with different drawls and slangs how you folks mm-hmm. talk. I had a feeling when you said Jason Isbell that it might be something a little bit more like a where the E in L is silent, like Jason Isbell, Isbell, Isbell. Yeah, like the way that my the way that my parents said say like we're going to Nashville for the weekend. Exactly, exactly. Which I'm I I, I would expected that you had a little more twang flavor. He has a lot of insight that he could lend on the southern dialect and pronunciation and maybe teach you a few things about how to really speak next time you're in line for barbecue. Our our Danish listeners will love that segment. Well, look, I mean, we're going to we'll learn from them hopefully. It's, you know, it's all about learning. This really. here's a global podcast. <laughs> I'm a, I have a global audience. Uh, all right, let's let's give these two fellas a jingle and see what's cracking. 
Pete Wentz is a listener, by the way, Jason, if you want to give him a shout out. Good. Fantastic. Hello, Pete Wentz. <laughs> uh, Will, what's going on, bro? How are you? I'm just trying to get my headphones working. I'm good. Tell tell your, assist, tell your assistant to go down to the mall and grab a, a, a pair of Beats real quick. And down we'll just, to the you mall. Know, we'll... Go down to the mall. <laughs> fucking at the pier. <laughs> go down to the Chelsea Pier and get me a pair of headphones <laughs> in the next 40 minutes. <laughs> What does that actually do? What does the finger in one ear do? You can hear you can hear it better with with that ear when you stick your finger in your ear. Okay. It it mostly just it's just a, to signal to your audience that you're about to hit a high note. You know? <laughs> exactly. That's what I took it to mean. It, I, I took it to mean like I'm about to go off. To yeah. You guys. Well, the, before noise canceling mode on AirPods existed, this is what you had to do back in the day. Chris. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back, Forefathers. That's noise canceling. Back when, back yeah. when I back in my day, you had to stick your fingers in your ear if you didn't want to hear yeah. something. <laughs> When shit um, was real. Yeah, when shit was real. When harmonies were real. <laughs> Young exactly. people know this. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, look, thank you guys both for joining us. Jason, are you coming to us from beautiful Tennessee? Yes. In uh, Franklin. I'm in Franklin. For our listeners at home, Franklin is located just outside of Nashville, correct? Yeah, just a little south of Nashville. But you can get a little more space, which I'm sure you need. Yeah, we don't we don't go into town too terribly often. Uh, mm-hmm. uh and and I get mad in traffic, so we 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 live a little bit outside of town. Okay, so you because I don't I don't go to Nashville very much either, but I, it's probably for the same reasons, which is interesting because you live right there. Um, you don't go maybe to have dinner or you just, you can't deal with the city folk anymore. Well, it's not the folk exactly. It's like the, it's the, the tourists have overtaken Nashville and I'm not, a I, I don't have a problem. The bachelorettes. It's a, it is bachelorette central. It is. I like the city to grow rather than to, to atrophy. Uh, I just don't <laughs> want to be there in the middle of it. Sure, sure, sure. I want you guys to succeed. Don't, don't. I don't need to be a part of that yeah, succeed. Yeah, yeah. When, uh, when you get angry in traffic, Jason, what, who do you take it out on? Um, steering wheel. Uh, usually okay. I don't, I don't, I, I try not to take it out on my past cause my wife, uh, won't put up with any bullshit. So, uh, I can't yell at her, you know, and I can't, I can't call somebody and yell at them because, uh, you know, I'm a, a recovered addict. So I would have to apologize later and do all that fucking step nine bullshit. To write him a letter. Yeah. You can't just be, can't just be it's an a lot asshole. of red tape yeah you gotta you gotta do that step nine again the idea sucks. of you getting into a, a road rage altercation having to call your sponsor to walk through step yeah. nine again before you <laughs> like, call the God cops damn it yeah that was uh, <laughs> yeah she's, i gotta go i gotta go spread you're out saving yourself you're saving yourself and will are you coming to us from the the content tower in manhattan i am i'm in, i'm at the top the very top of the content tower looking 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 out across the domain i'm at one world trade center we have the so we have the cameras on today and i just want to let everybody know kind of you know the, <laughs> the two jasons and myself look you know we look like guys that aren't going anywhere today we're not doing much chris, yeah chris and jason are wearing a hooded sweatshirt mm-hmm. i'm sure it's a very nice comfortable uh reverse weave of course <laughs> i'm wearing the same shirt i wore last night and uh will welch is wearing i'm assuming a a tailored pinstripe suit and tie yeah what is that? Is that Tom Ford? What is this? is that Tom Ford? What is that? <laughs> no, this is uh, Errol Fifty Five of Milan. Oh, of Greater Milan. Okay, I'm familiar with Errol. Um, this is, but I do appreciate now. Is this? Is there a special event today, or is this just what? This is where you're at now as the big boss. Monday, bitch. He left the house. Yeah. He left the house. <laughs> exactly, <That's- laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. I do um, occasionally get people asking me why I'm so dressed up, and I'm like, I, 
I'm the editor of GQ. Like, I don't, yeah, yeah, exactly. What I'm trying to deliver what you expect <laughs> from me. Like, why are you asking me why I'm wearing a necktie? Well, maybe you need. You know how like a service animal will have a little thing on their harness that says like why they're do, why they look like this, why they're wearing this contraption. You need yeah. like a little badge. Like, a I little, have this on because I am this person. <laughs> I'm gonna get a little a little window put in the arm of my suits that, but with a business card in there. I'm yeah, yeah, a little window. I'm not just yeah, like. Yeah. It just says press, or I'm not just a horny British guy. I am the editor of a, of a fashion magazine, so I kind of. I'm not. I'm not married to one of my graduate students. I have a job. Um, I had the worst, exactly, the most exactly, exper- uh, most uh, embarrassing underdress moment last weekend. We were doing the Kennedy Center Honors. I was there with my wife and her band. And they were doing the state dinner beforehand, the night before. But we were mm-hmm. super tired. We're like, we're not going to go. So my wife takes a nap. I go down to the gym. And I get on the elevator with the tank top and the tiny gym shorts. And I'm headed <laughs> to the gym. And all of a sudden, Hosier <laughs> comes on the elevator with a tuxedo, right? Not Hosier. Hosier, <laughs> the most beautiful man in the world. He gets on the elevator wearing a tuxedo. And I'm in these tiny ass shorts. <laughs> and he's got a bow tie. And he's like, I don't know how to tie this bow tie and i'm like oh, andrew let me help so i'm trying to help and sean penn walks on the elevator <laughs> also in a tuxedo and they're like are you going are you going to the state dinner and i'm like no no i'm not i have on tiny shorts i'm not going to the I'm sean penn's like who's your, what's your stylist name yeah he seems like a cute kid <laughs> yeah did you pick this out for yourself uh, who ended up tying hosier's tie you were sean penn neither one of us could figure it out it was <laughs> it was uh sad if, if only will were on that instead of you yeah yeah see exactly and he can reach it too will's one of the top three guys i would call for something because i i don't know how to tie a bow tie i know sam hind does he just did it for someone recently and i witnessed it and it is does it get easier like a regular tie or is it harder because it's such a more special occasion moment? It gets easier, but I have to confess that um, recently I was hurrying out the door from the office to, I think it was the CFDA awards and I got really flustered mm-hmm. and I couldn't get the bow tie right. And I was starting to like sweat through the arms of my tux Oof. and Sam Hine was here and I came out and I was like, I know how to tie a bow tie, oh, but I can't right now. And I'm going to sweat through this tux if I do it myself. So will you do it for me? So I stood mm-hmm. there and Sam crushed it. The student becomes the teacher, huh, William? The student becomes the teacher. Yeah, it was that moment. I love the I love the idea of you being like, I just can't yeah, right yeah. now. I just can't. Normal, yes. Now, no. Hey, the CFDAs get me flustered every year as well. I get it, pal. <laughs> I, I get I get flustered. Yeah. I was trying to tr- tie a regular tie the other night, and sometimes I just like if I'm looking in the mirror, it fucks me up worse than if I just do it, and it I, it makes no sense. And I was getting flustered. Same thing. Interesting. It's like my dog. It's like I know this is a picture of me, but I don't know if it's a re- <laughs> reflection. Like exactly. it's kind of reverse yes, vibes. Exactly, exactly. It throws Chris off. But I do. The, the problem is, Will's right. You start sweating. You start getting a little hot under the collar, yeah. and then and then everything goes haywire. You get in your head. You get in your own head. Oh, no. That's when you pull out the pill bottle and you start you eat them and you chew the pills exactly, instead of swallowing exactly, them with yeah, your power exactly, yeah, that's yeah. 
that's when you know. When I start chewing the Aleve muscle and back, you know it's bad for me. You know it's bad for me. That so time what, release what, is nice. Did you just say Powerade? <laughs> the time release. Yeah, he knew this was – Jason knew this was an Atlanta-based podcast for tonight yeah. – for today. So he no, had to he's, drop in, the he's in the wheelhouse. He had to drop the Yeah, Powerade. Jason, we will be getting into time release pill capsules <laughs> for sure. There is a segment on our podcast good, that, good. We, uh, that we ask certain guests – um, and you fit the description quite well. So that'll be on, uh, you know, kind of on the back nine of the show. Excellent. So tell me about the Kennedy Center Honors, because I feel like it's something we all know the name of, but no one knows actually what's happening or who's being honored. Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. Um, I think that, okay, so the president and the first lady uh, are there. They put on this thing where they bring uh, people from arts and letters in to give them a, an award. Mm -hmm. And their friends talk about them. And people, if they're musicians, people play their songs and stuff. Well, my wife has this band called The High Women uh, with Maren Morris and Brandy Carlisle, Natalie Hemby. Yeah. And Natalie Hemby, songwriter from Nashville, her mother has been Amy Grant's uh, assistant for like 30 years. Mm -hmm. um, so Amy Grant, the famous uh, Christian pop crossover artist, we go to the Kennedy Center to perform an Amy Grant song for Amy Grant. This is a situation I never... <laughs> I, I was in a redneck <laughs> punk band, man. I never thought I'm going to be in front of the fucking President of the United States playing an Amy Grant song. <laughs> uh, so you didn't grow up on Grant? Grant Seven Inches? No, I, I did. didn't grow up on Baby Baby. Will, I did too, Will. Will. I did too, Baby Will. Baby. I know that. I know every word to that song. Amy Grant Christmas was number one go-to in my house growing up. That checks out. She invented that genre. She invented yeah, it. Yeah, she invented that genre. She did. She and did. she's cool as shit. Yeah. Amy Grant cover for the President of the United States. Yes, and my, my wife and her band are singing. As Amanda Shire's guitar playing plus one. Yes, as the guitar playing plus one, uh, uh, <laughs> which was great. You know, I, I, I had a I had a really good time. There were some really weird moments. Um, we got on the wrong bus, so it was just me and my wife and Garth Brooks and half of you two <laughs> riding to the Oval <laughs> Office. We were not supposed to be there garth brooks knew that we weren't supposed to be there and he pointed it out like he was not happy about it um and we know garth brooks like we're man like, fuck yeah, garth brooks <laughs> you can't be high fuck you're, garth, bro, that's you're not on the right bus at all you know but we got borat was there and he he covered um with or without you for you two who was being honored and then he played a guitar solo with his dick at the end are you for reals Yes, and when he walked <laughs> off stage, I was standing on the side of the stage. I was like, man, that was really uh, impressive. You know, that was brave of you to do with Herbie Hancock in the audience, <laughs> like sitting right in front of you. And he was no longer, he was not Borat anymore. He was just Sasha at that point. So he was like, holy shit, I hadn't even thought of that. And like, it was, it was a strange night. It was, it was fun. You can't spell Hancock without cock. Exactly. The man plays the guitar and his name is Herbie Hancock. I have a friend who was at the show and he was like, I saw your boy Jason Isbell at the, Kennedy Center show, and my friend manages bands, so he has seen seven seventeen thousand eight hundred concerts in his life. And he was like, "You have to tell Jason nice work on plugging the guitar directly in." And I was like, "I don't know what you're talking about." So, Jason, could you explain to us what happened during your during your performance? My shit fucked up at, right at the point <laughs> yeah. where I was supposed to come in. Uh, uh, I noticed I had no signal whatsoever. And we'd been arguing with them all day because they wanted me to use wireless. And I was like, I don't want to use wireless. I'm not a fucking douchebag. Mm -hmm. And it sounds bad. <laughs> so I just, mm -hmm. and so we won the argument. Mr. President. Mr. President, 
you tell Mr. President. Biden's Biden's America is is playing the SG wireless, and that's something that I'm it just is. not going to yeah. say. I've I've always hated Biden's uh, front of house guy. Yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible. Okay, so so you're not you're about to start shredding, and you got nothing. So I'm about to start playing shredding on this Amy Grant song, and I got nothing. <laughs> and so I just reach down and take my cable and unplug it and plug it straight into the amp. So I'm just plugged guitar directly. So you pull into it out of the metal zone and then go straight yes. into the head. Okay. Right into the right into the backline amp. And I played the part and it was fine and, and mm. no problem. And I thought nobody noticed, but Will's friend and Edge, uh you may know him as the Edge. <laughs> we in the business just call him Edge. <laughs> Uh, of yeah, course, not like an edge. It's a nice to take a peek behind the curtain with that. Yeah, I don't want to sound like a novice next time I'm building with edge. my YouTube family. Okay, all right, I can do that. Yeah, because Edge Edge uses that kind of wicka wicka delay yeah, mostly. So the thought of going straight into the amp probably freaks I think him he out. Got, yeah, I think he got sweaty. That yeah, that probably blew his mind. <laughs> like, I didn't know you could even do that. Yeah. I didn't know that was. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was that, and uh, and I worked out the next morning in the gym, and in the gym it was me. Uh, uh, CC Winans and I mean BB Winans and Eddie Vedder. It was just the three of us in the hotel gym, uh, working out, spotting each other. Yeah, spotting each other. Man, this is good stuff. I gotta say, I, I it was. I didn't. It was those gym moments. I was at a wedding and I had a similar. I had a similar. Uh, it was me, Jerry Bruckheimer, Carly Kloss, just kind of getting it in. Oh you, wow, you know, and it's a nice trio. Yeah, it was a nice trio, and everybody was kind of checking each other out. Obviously, I'm the lowest, lowest, lowest man on that totem pole, mm. but I still felt like I was part of something. You could probably deadlift more than Bruckheimer, though. Yeah, not Carly. <laughs> I've been excited for this moment because I knew that I knew that Jason Isbell here, even though he might not be as deep of a How Long Gone listener as I am, I knew he was going to be able to thrill Chris Black with some gym content, <laughs> and that this was really well, Jason. Gonna I imagine, yeah. much like you, once you put down the bottle, you discovered the deadlift. Is yeah. that the yeah. the yeah? Okay, so we, all right, we're in a similar boat. Um, now, what was your first foray into exercise? Was it the outdoor jog, the working man's workout? No, hell no. None of that. I, okay. It was hot Pilates, motherfucker. Yeah, I got out of that place. It's all bar. Um, no, I, uh, my, <laughs> my wife got me an elliptical for Father's Day one year, uh, and uh, I've used it ever since. It's been like 10 years now. I used really? The elliptical. And then I started doing some push-ups and some and some weights and stuff and so i just kept that going very subtle father's day present <laughs> yeah very yeah very, very, very maybe this subtle. is the elliptical you've dreamed of <laughs> we've yeah, crossed is... those boundaries long ago like i know and I, I can see my wife and i can see myself so we don't have to lie to each other um she's like you need to get your fucking alabama ass in shape. So, uh, that's what i did I, I used to elliptical a lot and i would get into these weird rhythms and you kind of do some some movements you kind of look like a like a reverse roller skater like a roller derby kind of thing yeah add a little flavor to it do you have any moves or are you just a straight ahead guy i pretty much just go for it you know yeah i, I, just go for I, it. Pre I pretend <laughs> that there's some reason to all this and i I focus on that point. Like, okay. Yeah, sure. That's what I do with life in life yeah, in general. Life, everything. <laughs> Are you listening to a podcast? 
I have my phone. I put my phone on a on a on a show, a streaming show. I watch that show, and I try to forget that there is a reality. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And I'm sure television. I'm yeah. sure all those back episodes of Drivers, <laughs> Dine-ins, Drive, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, it's really taking you yeah. taking yeah. you out of it. Maybe Santa Claus will get you an iPad Pro or something this year. Get a nice. You deserve a big screen. Maybe he will. <laughs> I I lo- I forget that I own. Uh, iPads, <laughs> like laptops and phones, I will use. But if I buy an iPad, I won't. I'll use it for like three days, and then I'll be like, "I need an iPad." And my wife will be like, "You have four iPads, you fucking idiot." That's because that's because iPads, uh, unfortunately, are children's toys. That's they really are, what. That's really what. That's really what they are. Like, yeah. Imagine I walk into the GQ boardroom and I see Will with a, a stylus and an iPad Pro. I can't yeah. take mm-hmm. that. I can't take that seriously. The deal's off. Literally coming to you live from an iPad. <laughs> with a stylus i do stylus and a stylus photo editing and proof editing on the ipad pro no actually no i think that i think that photo editing and proof editing are probably the two best uses of it yeah <laughs> damn look at him go multiple- the best accessory the best accessory i have for the gym is this earbud holder that's my prime accessory you got the all right so guys J- jason is holding up his prada airpod pro yeah. holder this motherfucker that's amazing was this a christmas gift for will welch that because he probably got it free from Prada, uh, so he just gave it to he you probably he did. regifted he probably just passed it on no i i, I bought that uh in uh france oh so it goes mm. around you it's a necklace yeah it goes around the neck you wear it to the gym and then uh you look like a real like i'm from alabama so i like trying to do things that are like the opposite of what you would expect a man from Alabama to do when he's going to lift some weights. I mean, if I was coming down the elevator at the Bowery Hotel and I saw uh-huh. some country boy in some short shorts, balls hanging out on one side, exactly. Like, who is who is this country boy? And then you pull the Prada air, I'd be like, okay. But I can tell you've never worked out at the Bowery Hotel because you got to take the stairs. Because the gym's in the basement. Okay, that is true. Yeah, you got to take the stairs. I've, I've had some really funny moments at that little gym. Oh my god, that place is Yeah, I've seen some people training for roles in karate movies and shit down <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. Like I yeah, I I got introduced to Jason Momoa in that gym. It was the most embarrassing fucking 30 seconds of my life. I was like, I'm just going to go get on the elliptical watch oprah thanks a lot you do your thing i'll do mine all right momoa yeah that gym that gym is pretty small but you're saying there's enough room for momoa his trainer and you all at the same time no okay no, okay there's just enough room for him to meet me and look around and be disgusted and leave and you- go to equinox when you meet a lot of actors in in person they're often shorter than you would imagine yeah. but momoa not this motherfucker not, yeah not that no. motherfucker him and Hugh Jackman are both just giant fucking robots. Everybody else is five nine. That's actually, I think that's about right. What is your relationship to Jackman? You just go to his coffee place, or is yeah. this a one time? We were on late night talk show together, and I just remember thinking, "This really is a big, beautiful man." He's that. No, it's not camera. When you angle. do, when uh-huh. you do some of these classic late night performances, have you gotten called over to the couch, or are you sticking straight to the stage? Only Trevor Noah on The Daily Show ever talked to me. He didn't even get me to play a song. He just had me on a couple times just to interview me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I liked I liked that. Was that because of the quality of the tweets? Maybe <laughs> so, and also maybe because my publicist said he wants to actually talk. If it's based on quality of tweets, I would be hosting Saturday Night Live every week. So that that doesn't You think so? I don't that know. That doesn't track. The feral hogs were me. I was the feral hogs. I did that. You can't beat that. 
That was you? That was me. You've had some great material. I'm look, I'm familiar with your material. This isn't a competition. This is our show. But you know, I, I understand. <laughs> Mr. Farrell Hogg himself. Yeah. Yeah. Gracing gracing I did it. us. I did it. Me and Willie, Willie McNabb from Arkansas. Were you, um, now when you discovered Twitter, did you feel like this is my medium or did it take you a while to kind of settle in? It took me a while because in 2011 or 12, when I joined, no, 2009, when I joined Twitter, I was very drunk all the time. Uh So it, sure, 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 sure. You know, so it was just like, hey, here's somewhere I can make a huge mistake every single (laughs) fucking day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it was the Wild West back then on Twitter, you know? Um, The glory days. So when I got sober, yeah, when I got sober, I hired somebody to just go back and manually delete everything that I tweeted before that. And that's when I realized this is the medium for me. This is great. This is great. I think more people, we need to normalize hiring people to clean up messes. like that that's a great that's a great that's yeah. a great use of money and it's more affordable than people think you don't have you there's people non-grammy winners can afford that too <laughs> i want people to know that totally <laughs> yeah people will hit people will delete for like like minimum wage <laughs> you can yeah you can find a guy on fiverr in indonesia he'll knock it out 50 cents an hour no problem yeah you could totally do that you could do that <laughs> that's not what i did but you could <laughs> i've seen other people talking about it yeah yeah, I've heard about that happen. Will, the last time we saw you was at the the Madi Potty in Los Angeles. Is that is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, that was a good night. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you. Yeah, just an excuse to put a bunch of people together that aren't normally in the same room. That's kind of what we're going for. Something awesome happened. Something yeah, I mean, we were we were in the line to go on the red carpet and it was like some people from White Lotus, me, Five Yo Foreign and the cast of Abbott Elementary, <laughs> but it was cool. I wanted about. to thank you guys. Yeah, exactly, I wanted to thank exactly. you guys for giving me the only person who had the access to the red carpet, and Chris did not. I yeah, it's an interesting you had to twist. Smuggle him Will, onto the carpet as the leader and face of this podcast. I had to kind of be Jason's plus one, and I was like, "Don't make me text Will. He's busy." And they they were giving me a little static, but I, luckily I took the high road and it worked, and we got our little pictures off. They had to write his name on the piece of paper uh, <laughs> in the moment with the sharpie, whereas mine was already printed out. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for that. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> one of the two of you had red carpet privileges, and one did not. Yeah, both invited into the party for the for the drinks and the music. Yeah, Chris Chris could come into the after party, but he just couldn't walk. Did you guys chop it up with Fivey and or Quinta Brunson or the? other members of the Abbott cast Fivey is is trying to he's kind of angling to be third Mike on this program that's not a joke he said <laughs> I love these guys because we we had him on the show and then he came to the J crew party as well um, that's right to see the yeah 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 I saw him there which was also interesting he's the only celebrity that wants to talk to us in the world basically exactly. we're very yeah, we're very only- in with him yeah, yeah. I don't know why I he he hasn't offered us a ride uh, in the bulletproof suburban yet, but I think <laughs> next time we're gonna kind of we're gonna get there. You guys can broadcast live from the bulletproof. Exactly, that's suburban. a great idea. I'm sure it's nice sound in there too. I'm sure. Actually, it's great speaking sound. of the yeah. bulletproof suburban, Jason, when you got that first big check, walk me through the first truck purchase. What was the trim package? <laughs> yeah, Four door exactly, leather yeah. V8. What's going on? Me? You talking about me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't think there was a first big check. I'm still waiting on that. The first big check <laughs> went to legal fees. 
<laughs> you don't have the 350 dually out front? No, I like guitars, man. I, I have a I have a M5. I have an M5 because I like fast uh, cars that I can put. Oh, a, I can put a car okay. seat. I can put a car seat okay. in a fast car. Okay. I was gonna say I'm not here to fact check Jason Isbell, but the, the the idea that there haven't been any big checks when you have a song on the damn yeah. what's that soundtrack? Uh, the Bradley Cooper Gaga soundtrack. Uh, stars, stars born. Yeah, we don't know how bad it's gotten. That's true. We don't know bad how bad it's gotten. Well, we don't know all of his legal fees. Okay. I didn't have a lot. I didn't have a lot of legal fees, but uh, no, I have guitars. I have I have really ridiculous guitars. That's the thing that I like to have. Like Prince's guitar from '79. Yeah, like Willie Nelson. Not yeah, like, like what's the? Not really like celebrity uh, attached guitars, mm-hmm. but very rare, really collectible. Okay. You know, like really really cool guitars. Like I got one in Europe recently. Um, I'll show you. I have it right here, actually. Yeah, I like when people use their expensive purchases. You know, that's important. So this this is a 1960 Les Paul Custom, Gibson Les Paul Custom. Golly. Uh, yeah, 1960, all original. But the funny thing about this is it's red, and they were all black except for six. And they were made from one music store in Sweden that liked this color red. So they ordered six red ones from Gibson in 1959 and 1960. And this one had never been out of Europe. I bought it in Germany and brought it home a couple months ago. A couple about okay, so like you're saying, you, you got a day off in, in Stuttgart. And you're yeah. like, you know what? I'm going to walk around and try to drop 10 bands on this guitar. And then... Do you put it in the lineup or do you ship it home? Ten bands uh, would be the case. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so that thing retailed in '59 for what a hundred bucks, probably. This was about this is this was their highest end model in 19, 1960. It was probably like around three hundred dollars, two hundred ninety dollars. Okay. Now it's worth probably you know one hundred and fifty, hundred and seventy grand. <clears throat> Okay. Well, I was yeah. yeah I was um. I, I, okay, and that's and, a lot of M fives, brother. It yeah. is. It is. I live in you know guys that buy a lot of clothes. They like to sell last season sometimes to get the new stuff. Are you right. unloading any of your collection on on grailed Les Paul section? Or you just doing- <laughs> no, no. I you know those that there's a huge there's a huge market for that kind of stuff, of course, but. No, I'm bad about like I tried to tell my uh, my business manager that it, that it was an investment, and she was like, "Yeah, if you ever sell any of them, they're an investment, but not if you keep them all. <laughs> Otherwise, it doesn't really work like that. Not okay, if you die sure, clutching sure, sure. them, exactly. <laughs> if you're buried with them, yeah. so guitars are your NFTs, is what we're saying, Jason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Except exactly. they're very fungible. They're highly fungible, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and you can't you can't get laid with a bored ape. I can take a guitar. <laughs> And arouse <laughs> That's someone right. with it. You can't do that. Yeah. There's one guy one time who got laid with a board in. One dude. One, yeah, one no, no. dude. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys that that had that got laid, but it was only it was just them in the room with the yes, board ape. You know what I mean? It wasn't quite by the board ape. With my board ape body pillow. Using <laughs> yeah, 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 board ape body pillow. So you're saying that you could serenade someone with this, so it's investment on all for fronts, really. Yeah, and it's I use it for my job. I use, and 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 there are people who will come see you know, there are dudes who like uh, old guitars who will buy a ticket to come see me play old guitars because they're not, you know, in a museum or some shit somewhere. Mm. Oh, oh, I see. I see. Because, like, uh, you're you're playing stuff that some people might be like, this is too rare, this is too precious, but you actually play it on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then people want to go see it and hear it and stuff. Well, all the All the gear sluts in the front row. Exactly. Looking at your pedal board <laughs> like... 
What's he got on there? What you got on there? Well, so does that does that mean that you consider yourself to be uh, one of these gear sluts, or is or do you think it's just like a hazard of the job? I think wh- when you when you actually use them for your job, you don't have to feel like uh, I'm I'm a I'm a gear whore, you know. I I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. When, if you actually use them pretty regularly for work, then it's different. But yeah, I'm as bad as anybody about it. Like I'm a, I'm I'm ter- uh, I'll sit and talk to people who don't give a shit about it's. You could picture it's like if I was still on cocaine, you know. It's like I would go forever. Like the fucking yeah. Klon, what's inside the Klon Centaur shit? Nobody cares. Nobody. <laughs> You're cares. right. I'm here to tell you that. I'm here to tell you that. But I think that the you know it's um it's clearly a passion of yours. So if I had to hear about it from anyone, I would like it to be an expert, self-proclaimed, of course. Yeah, self-proclaimed. You know, of course, that's the only kind. Yeah. If it suited your listeners, the three of us could just kind of go off screen, and Jason could just soliloquy on guitars, pedals, and amps <laughs> yeah, just, just for the rest him, of the podcast. Let me tell you all. Solo thirty minutes of him. <laughs> talking about what do i think about the big muff settings uh it's a great question i'm glad you asked (laughs) yeah uh, will we were talking about powerade briefly Uh, i heard jason that used to enjoy the (laughs) i used to enjoy the cocktail uh a mixology guy known as gatorade and everclear is that that was one of your faves yeah i used to drink that yeah i wrote a bunch of songs on that uh, drinking that gatorade and everclear my first batch of songs that uh that anybody ever really heard or cared about i wrote during one long feverish evening drinking gatorade and everything oh okay yeah i just read a quote that the that band cap and jazz the the singer wrote almost all the lyrics of his first album taking mushrooms by in uh, sitting by a campfire just knocked them all out in one day yeah so everclear is your mushrooms well, not anymore. Now, now fucking was was yeah. Now, like like granola is my mushrooms. But it yeah. At one point, <laughs> Everclear was my mushrooms, and then mushrooms were my mushrooms, and then everything sure. was my mushrooms. I wrote this whole new album <laughs> off that cottage cheese. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, where does where does it end? So so you're saying the Everclear? What flavor of Gatorade were you? A classic orange, lemon lime, or like a newfangled flavor? No, it's great. It's I lived in. Memphis, Tennessee was oh, great. Oh, great oh frost! God. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, and I and I smoked and I smoked Newports at that time as well. Okay, damn, bro! And, and you would open them. You'd open them from the bottom of the pack, so you could put them in your pocket. And if somebody tried to bum one, you could say, "No, I just bought this pack for my friend. I'm not. I haven't opened it." Holy shit! That's the most <laughs> amazing tip I've ever heard in my life. Memphis has a real life hack. <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell. Did you did you live there? Have you lived there since, or was this a short stint? It was. I was there when I went to college, so I was there from like ninety seven to two thousand. You graduated college. So this was this was right in the in the three six mafia zone. It was. Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, they were they were around. Um, I did not graduate <laughs> college. I, I have okay. One. Good. I, I walked out. I, I was sitting in human fitness and wellness, and they were talking about uh, the amount of calories in a fucking brand muffin, and I just left. I just thought, I don't have to be here anymore. <laughs> All right, so that's good. That's good to know. So Will Will is the only man on this Zoom right now that has a college diploma. So that's good. That feels right. That feels right. You can we tell by the way we're dressed. I, I know. I'm saying. I know. I'm wearing my diploma. I know. I know. You. I've I've heard a lot about Memphis. It's weird. I've never because I grew up in Atlanta, like Will, and I've never been to Memphis. But I'm hearing a lot about it lately, actually, from Kevin Morby. He he really oh, yeah. wants to like he like really is selling it to me. 
And I'm like, I just, ne- I've just never been. Like, what is there to do? But it seems just like a city with the history, so people fucking love it. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty, like, there's plenty to do as far as, um, you know, if you like to drink or if you like to learn things. You know, it's a good town <laughs> okay. for both of those. Right. All right. Well, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. That's, that's all I got. Like, you can learn different <laughs> drinks to have. Yeah. If you're sober and you're done learning, don't go to Memphis. Okay. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 kind of just all culture, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, and it, and it's 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 unique. People from Memphis are are different from anybody else that I know of anywhere. Yeah, no, no, definitely that. And I, you know, you did you grow up in Muscle Shoals? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I've actually been there before, um, a couple times actually, and I do think it has that kind of history that you just can't really put a finger on it's there's nothing to draw people there we don't have like a national championship football team and there's not there aren't any major businesses or i mean pretty much all they got is like the tourism industry and the music scene so they haven't really fucked it up they're they're actually kind of doing a pretty good job with it down there. that's impressive because that's hard to do it's hard to it's hard to turn down the the you know the papa john's money it's hard to manage a shoal in 2022 (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, yeah. exactly yeah (laughs) It is really much less many of them, especially the muscular ones. Well, let's talk about your guys. uh, You guys are doing a live event. Um, We were we're talking about in the intro, uh, Fox Theater down there in Atlanta. The two of you will be in conversation, and then it will fall uh, be followed by some some musical performances as well. What what's the convo vibe like, and why are you kind of taking our live show Thunder and making it your own with your store? There's your star power behind it, Jason. I know you've been on a few stages in your time, but we're kind of here to offer some advice on this music plus talk. <laughs> Thank you. Scenario Thank because you. we kind of perfected it. We did come. We did come on here today for your advice and pointers. Um, although, <laughs> exactly. okay. although we have introduced a new innovation to the format, which is the the conversation and the song are going to be interwoven rather than separated mm. out into blocks. So, Jason okay. and I might be talking about um, a topic or um, a shared part of our history around the time of which a song he wrote or recorded, and then he can play that song and then the, t- the conversation will continue. So we're not, mm-hmm. it's not a copy paste is what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. We're going, we're going VH1 storytellers mode on this motherfucker. Very storytellers. Okay. Yeah. Pop up, pop up video. And it goes a little yeah. something like this. Yeah. yeah. Two, three. That reminds <laughs> me of a song <laughs> right there. That's crazy, yeah. man. That yeah. brings me back. Yeah. A lot of that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the edge. <laughs> yeah. Funny, funny. You should just say the name of one of my songs. I think I'll go perform it now. No, Jason, Jason, <laughs> owns a very famous guitar mm-hmm. that he plugs directly into a really powerful amp and treads treads in his closet <laughs> yeah um which i have experienced so i requested that that guitar and that amp make their way to the show so okay. people can feel the full brunt of the closet okay so jason's <laughs> going to be coming out of the closet on, and going on stage out of the yeah. closet onto the stage after all these years finally yeah. this guitar is so famous it has a name it has a name so the people must hear it in atlanta Georgia. okay what's well, yeah, what's the deal with this guitar i have it here i'll show you this one yeah what's the deal give us a preview yeah will wills are i can tell wills kind of practicing the setups like actually the guitar has a name yeah, you know what? Actually, I think we have it right over here. One of Six, seven, eight. Oh, here is uh, this is the uh, this is the Red Eye Les Paul, Oof. uh, ni- nineteen fifty nine Gibson Les Paul. 
Um, and it, it's very clean. It's in really good shape. It's almost like a brand new guitar. She's cherry. Yeah, but it belonged to Ed King uh, from Sweet from uh, Leonard Skinner, who did you know Sweet Home Al- Sweet Home Alabama. It was his. Oh, okay. When he died, I bought it from his his family, and I've had it for a few years. And this is my prized prized possession. This is that's the one. Okay, this is a this is a true Southern relic here. This is this is this is no joke. It would be. It would be insane not to play this in it in Atlanta. You have to use it. Yeah, you have to use it in Atlanta. Um but also, you know, it's like uh it's just a crazy artifact. Like it wasn't made to be a piece of art. People just worked nine to five and made guitars in Kalamazoo, Michigan in the fifties and and they stumbled upon uh something that aged really well, better than it should have. Now when you're gonna travel down to Atlanta or any show where you're bringing one of these crazy, expensive, rare guitars, do you have it? Do you like? Does it sit on your lap on the airplane? Like, yeah. how do you travel with it? Gets with, a it gets a seat. It gets a seat uh, next to me on the plane. I don't know if you're joking or not. You know, both are <laughs> believable. You're not joking. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not joking. The way I have it insured, it has to get a seat on the airplane. I hope Will didn't have to come out of pocket for these two Delta One seats. You know <laughs> no, I mean? no, 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 Will didn't. <laughs> okay. Usually I'll put usually I'll put the I'll put the guitar back in coach and just go back and check on it every once in a while. Do you want my cookie? <laughs> Feed I'm, not getting, the, I'm not getting it. Yeah, it's not it's not getting the it's not getting to use my bathroom up front. You fucking kidding me? <laughs> You're sneaking glasses of champagne back to her. That's sweet of you. So I thought I was coming on this podcast for on stage tips but i actually need to clean up some of the accounting <laughs> yeah. dollars are getting there thank you chris this is I'm, just I'm, been an eye-opening episode i'm a i'm a businessman i'm a businessman <laughs> first you know what i mean but yeah i think that yeah the one piece of advice that 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 we could bless you with and and jason my illustrious co-host is the architect of this in our zone but the the set list you know you think a set list is just songs but a set list for talking points is also kind of a necessary thing. Um, so you can glance down um, by your pedal board, Will, and you can kind of see the next prompt um, to keep to keep the convo moving at a nice clip. But actually, that, that reminds me of a good question. Whenever, like, we'll write down bullet point notes for our live shows and, like, like don't forget to talk about this, this, and this. But I've always thought that when you never have to look at your notes, that means the episode is going well. The the the, mm-hmm. the less you have to look at it, the better the convo is going. Does that translate for set lists as well with your band, Jason? If you're just flowing and you never even have to look at the set list, does that ever happen? No, didn't think I always so. have to look at the set list. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, unless it's like a fish kind of situation where you guys are just organically grooving in this like different mindset. Yeah, you haven't achieved that yet. I used to not make set lists at all for like the first I don't know ten years of my career or whatever, and uh, and then we got a lighting guy. And uh, if you have a if you have a lighting guy, the quickest way to get him to quit and go the fuck home is not make a set list because he needs to know what's coming next. You know they have to program it all. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now make a set list. And and also I switch guitars almost every song during my regular set because I don't like I don't like to tune. You know, so I just get the t- guitar in tune. I play it. I give it back to my guy. I get another. So one. your guitar tech is the hardest working guy in 
in town is what it sounds like. He he's he's he is very hard working guy and and uh and does a fantastic job. He also built the whole like rig that I have from scratch. I I love seeing those guitar tech rigs where it's like the whole crazy thing and they got the lights and the whole build out. It's it's like a it's like the van mm. life kind of guys, you know? Yeah, this is we 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 you know, I traveled with one that I put together forever that was just a big mess of duct tape and mm-hmm. and 9 volt batteries, but <laughs> but this one now is like it's like running. I can't. I can't turn it on. Like if I, he just brings it to my house and drops it off, I can't fucking. I don't know how to turn it uh-huh. on. You could land a plane <laughs> yeah. with that thing. Probably. Yeah, exactly. This is yeah. guitar tech. Michael is a deadhead, so I usually stand on the side of the stage and talk about the Grateful Dead. Yeah, great. That's what. That's yeah. what we need is Will and his fandom for fucking up your set. You know, something comes back out of tune, and it's like. Well, uh, I'm just happy we we went 45 minutes without hearing about the dead. <laughs> We made it a long time. We yeah. did because usually with Will, it's in the, you know it's got 10, thirteen top. minutes. It's first twenty. You know, I, I can't be yeah. mad. I, I've learned this in my old age that you know whatever I want to make fun of other people for, I'm obviously doing myself. Mm-hmm. So it's like. We went forty five minutes without talking about the lemon heads. That's a victory for uh, Jason. It's the same. It's the same. We all have. We all have that. Are you thing. a lemon head? Are you a lemon heads guy, Jason? Well, I, I I like them, but Chris is a huge fan. Um, but uh, he, that was that was more of a comment that he talks about him. I'm a dando. I'm dando pills. We ran into Evan a, a couple months ago at a show. He he. We played at a festival in Louisville, and he came out to the festival um but it was kind of, it was not it was not a good scene he was yeah, he's yeah. not doing it's not he's not no, doing good we saw him we saw him we saw him in la and it was like i honestly wanted to leave it like made me i i didn't feel good but he's playing new york with juliana hatfield like soon like in a couple good. Of weeks good yeah I, I mean i'm glad he's still doing gigs and stuff he's just you know he's not in a good spot no he's not but the i mean that record it's a classic it's my grateful dead um but yeah you know it's a, they have a smaller catalog it's a tighter edit as they say yeah but, you know it's much it's, tighter it's still something <laughs> speaking of dan um, we have up. a it segment on the show yeah. where our, some of our guests will name their top three <laughs> prescription pills dead or alive okay they okay, can be they okay. can be for uh-huh. fun or not for fun. Yeah. It could be as, as simple as an Advil or as complex as a Dilaudid. It's really uh, really up to you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 the yeah. greatest prescription medication ever is is Xanax. That's the greatest of all time. I think I agree That's with that. That's the best ever. That's probably number one across the board on this program. Yeah. Um, That's the goat. That's the <laughs> Xanax is goat, and you, the tolerance level can go up real high. You, there's a lot of wiggle room to play around with. You can fit a lot of them in your stomach. That's, a whole that's lot. right. Yeah. That's right. I also yeah. like this. I like the slang personally, like the football and the ladder. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's ladders. A, it's, mm. Ladder is cool to say. And it also yeah. kind of makes sense, you know, when you're thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. When I was getting fucked up, I would take like two ladders and drink like four or five glasses of whiskey and that was the best that you could feel as an addict. Yeah. No, that's true. That's that's Yeah, I mean, because I mean I'm a I'm a big man. If I had that right now, I would be, you know. I would be asleep somewhere in a ditch. Yeah. That, yeah. That, you know. yeah. that was always my experience with Xanax. It just couldn't handle yeah. it way too much for Well, me. I can handle it, but once you when you put a, a few glasses of whiskey on top of it, that's when you go blackout mode so quickly. I was always drinking when I took yeah. it already. Yeah. So I, yeah. Never Oh damn, Will, you're cooler than we thought you were. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I woke up I woke up in jail after one of those nights one time and I remember thinking I remember thinking, why is my dad trying to wake me up? It's it's not 
a school day, and then I remember thinking, I'm 28 years old. <laughs> and, and then I remember thinking, that's a policeman. And I was I, yes, I was yeah. so high. They made me stay. They were, they were supposed to let me go at like noon, and they made me stay for a few more hours because I just could not get out of the bed in the jail yeah. cell to, to walk. In. Oh, your legs don't Done. work. Was, like your legs yeah. don't work. All right. What's number two? Uh, Ambien. Just because it's okay. fucking chaos. <laughs> Okay, and, and you're talking about using Ambien, not abusing Ambien in the Vice magazine way where you take a bunch of them and, and stay awake and you, you go like psychotic? No, I'm, I'm talking about abusing all of these. These are all terrible <laughs> things. <laughs> okay. Just let me be clear. We're, we're, talking talking about we're just talking about what <laughs> yeah, makes yeah, shit yeah. happen, you know, like what, what makes <laughs> okay, the world all right, all more right. interesting. And okay, so how do, you, how do you abuse Ambien? I don't. I never, I never took Ambien. Or I mean, Ambien. did. And I don't, I don't, I, I never really took ambient but but my wife did and like one night uh she got up and she she started toasting some napkins uh because she thought they were bread you know so of course there was a huge fire and uh she she oh this was this was really good so she and her her ex-boyfriend before she and i were together he was a little bit older than her she took an ambient on a plane one time and when the plane landed they couldn't get her awake and get her off of the plane and she couldn't communicate so they thought he was human trafficking her and they took him and interrogated him for like 12 fucking hours because they thought he had kidnapped her ambient is fucking chaos would you give her you son of a bitch yes it's amazing that drug. yeah wow that's that's a that's tough that's a tough story yeah damn okay so I'm, i'm getting a downers theme so far yeah, which uh, I'm I'm in the same boat as well. And then what do they call the stuff uh, in in Mexico? Uh, you can get it in liquid form now, but it's basically a quaalude, uh, uh, man mandrax, mandrax. That stuff you could. St- I don't, I'm I, I'm not even familiar with the Mexican marketplace. Yeah. That's a little outside of my jurisdiction. You, you had me a Mexican quaalude. <laughs> yeah, Jason's <laughs> writing it down for his next trip to Tulum. I think it's yeah, he's seriously okay, yeah. Mandrax. Mandrax. Yeah, and it's a Mexican quaalude, and that was as close as we could get to quaaludes twenty years ago when I was doing drugs. Yeah, methaquaalone. It's a hypnotic sedative. Say less, Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow, that's yeah. that's all I need. What more do you need? No, what more do you need? I learned something. <laughs> I learned something me. today. Well, continuing the trend of our. Well, it sounds like Will wants to play this game too. Yeah, he Will. Was kind no, of, no, yeah, no, in a no, little. No, <laughs> no further questions, Your Honor. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well said. I'll be no, no, no. We the other the other thing we talk to musicians about is is sinks. So like you know not not sinks like in your bathroom, but sinks that you got paid. Uh, a nice amount of money for someone using your song, uh-huh. or maybe you turned one down and you regret doing it. Yeah. You know, we have a classic story of, of regret. Do you have any that, that come to mind, uh, negative or positive? Um, positive, you know, I, I had a song in a Star is Born, the song that uh, 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 Bradley Cooper's character sang that was his hit. Like, I wrote that song. And you wrote that. You wrote that for him. Well, sort of. I mean, now that I didn't get an Oscar, I can tell you I'd already written the song. <laughs> I and, figured. Okay, yeah, I figured. I figured. I, and and it didn't make the cut for my record that I was working on. So then, when the producer was like, "I'm working on this movie. Do you have anything?" I was like, "No, I don't have time for that." My wife said, "You're a fucking idiot. Go get the that's song. Right. Bring it." That's right. And and that's that's what happened. So that I think people. It's interesting because I think people don't realize how that goes down. But it's basically like a producer is a fan. 
and it's like this would make sense. Yeah. His style of writing, his style of music would make sense for Brad's character. So they just call you and like, what do you got? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and that happened. And then you know, like Gaga called one night. My wife was working on her uh, thesis uh, uh, when she was master's studies she was working on a thesis she's like no matter what happens do not knock on my door i have to finish this thesis <laughs> and so <laughs> i'm our daughter's like a year old and i'm feeding her and she's in the high chair and gaga called i never met gaga before I, you know she just called and i was like hello and she's like hi it's stephanie and i was like stephanie and she's like gaga and i was like stephanie gaga what you know and uh and she was like we're recording your song and it's amazing it's going to go great in the movie i just want to call you and tell you and she's like what are you up to tonight and i was like i'm feeding my daughter peanut butter with a spoon uh and my wife is working on her thesis and i was like you know you should talk to my daughter she'll i can tell her when she's a teenager that she'd talk to gaga on the phone so i just gave my baby the phone and and of course she could say gaga so it worked out it was cute but um but then i have had some bad like uh like i had this song that uh called cover me up that was that was my it's probably my biggest song but it was on a record like 10 Mm -hmm. years ago and then a couple years ago uh country singer morgan wallen recorded it and put it on his album uh which was the biggest selling album of the year in any genre yeah it was a big it was a big sold everything but then all of a sudden, this guy just turns out to be a fucking buffoon. And there's a video of him yelling the N-word in the street at his friends. And everything just went nuts. Yeah. And it's it's like, it's the, it's uh, what we say is you can't have nothing. You just can't have nothing. And, you know, so I, I took him. <laughs> after he came, the N-word thing happened, a bunch of the redneck country people started buying his record more because of that. Like, because yeah. they were trying yeah. to cancel him or whatever. So I waited a few weeks and let them do that. And then I took all that money and donated it to the NAACP. And then I was like, hey, thanks. Oh, wow. Thanks, racists. You know, dude, that's amazing. I have to say, I have to say that's very impressive. And I want to think I would do the same thing, but that is a very tough thing to do. Yeah. Well, you know, it was, I mean, it still rolls in. And I, you know, I haven't donated all of what I've made. I've kept quite mm-hmm. a bit yeah, of money. Sure, and sure, st- sure. It's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, it was super exciting for like, five minutes you know and then all of a sudden (laughs) you know it's like it it just everything just went to shit you know but um that was a really weird that was a really weird experience that's a very strange did he is that the kind of thing where he's calling you and being like i love this fucking song like artist to artist or is it strictly like he records it his publisher calls your publisher and they figure it out they figure out the business thing um but he and i had talked about it before you had a conversation Yeah. yeah that's what i was saying yeah and he was he was a big fan of my songwriting and stuff uh you know so i knew that but then after all that shit happened you know i was like yeah fuck this guy i mean you got to be like fuck this guy i mean it's nashville yeah. you know it's you would think that I that agree. would go without saying but in nashville that does no, not no it does not a lot <laughs> no, of people are like not fuck this guy and i was like fuck this guy and well in, in in morgan's not fuck this guy defense i believe it's because he's making all these people a lot of money is probably why they're they're not really trying to back away too quick, that is true you know? and also because you know the conversation it's the 
he he's not the point like some drunk kid is not the point of 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 the issue it's a much broader much yeah. bigger issue and mm-hmm. so i didn't want to just keep arguing with people about this one drunk kid that distracted from <laughs> what the problem actually the is. bigger issue sure yeah. yeah that's that's a smart way to look at so it it, it turned to out to be a pretty a pretty uh big time pain in the ass but you know it could have been a lot worse <laughs> i could have been one of the people who never got to be a fucking songwriter or singer mm-hmm. for whatever reason that's a good way to look at it that's a better way to look at it that's that's two pretty good that's two pretty good ends of the spectrum i would say as far as syncs yeah it was it was did you ever did you get to did you get to link with gaga um bradley came out uh gaga didn't because she was touring and doing gaga stuff but bradley came out to a show and uh and hung out was super nice we got along real well and kind of kept in touch for a while after that and that was pretty cool uh he did a great job with that movie i I was uh oh i love that movie i love the songs i love the movie i love the whole thing it was great yeah every i feel like once a week chris talks about crushing a a uh, pill with a boot the boot pill just gets boot, hard yeah. as a rock the boot pill crush is the tr- most triggering thing you can possibly i've never been uh-huh. there because I'm not, I'm not a big boot guy really <laughs> yeah. you know, no offense yeah. no offense to nashville yeah. um <laughs> but you know so, so you can't take off like a samba and crush the pill in the same right, way right right <laughs> it doesn't so, work yeah it doesn't it doesn't work the same way the yeezys yeah. are too squishy in my, uh, <laughs> exactly. in my past history exactly yeah, yeah. Exactly. the gucci <laughs> trek you'll get the pill lost in the in the <laughs> in the bottom of the shoe exactly. just get stuck exactly. up in there it's in the sole yeah. somewhere yeah. no but i think i think that 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 movie was so good and i have this i've i've presented this theory on how long gone before but i i will present it again in in the presence of greatness i think that gaga's more country leaning album if that would have come out after the movie it would have been her biggest record of all time i think you're right yeah i think you're right I did Joanne. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, Because it's it's so it's a great record. It's a very good record. Yeah, yeah, and and it's also like I think every songwriter and Gaga is a songwriter. Every every person who writes their own songs, even if they're like a big pop star, they wind up having some. You can't you can't be a songwriter and be serious without having some kind of attraction toward country music. You're going to wind up with Hank Williams Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and and Merle Mm -hmm. Haggard, and you know you're going to Jimmy Webb. You're going to wind up with Loretta Lynn and and Tammy Wynette. It's going to get into your blood some way or another. You know, as long as you're doing it right, you you can't skip over some of those country greats yeah if you're studying songwriting you you're you're gonna run into those songwriters real quick Mm. you know um you mentioned earlier growing up playing in kind of punk bands and stuff like that what uh are anything that we would know about what what were your influences what you know how crusty were you back then (laughs) we we were bad crusty will remembers that crustiness we were a bunch of feral motherfuckers but it was like it was a weird thing because it was a punk band, but we were making records about Southern rock music. So the band that I was in, the Drive-By Truckers, we had this album they made right before I joined called the Southern Rock Opera, which was like a, a concept album about Leonard Skinner, basically, and, and the plane crash and all that kind of stuff and about the racial issues and, you know, about George Wallace and about Alabama in general and all that stuff. But we were, mm-hmm. you know, very, very drunk all the time and we had just three guitars bass and drums and we were playing at arena volumes at the fucking larimer lounge and the mercury lounge and you know (laughs) brownies Mm. and new york and shit and and uh so it was a painful uh harrowing fucking (laughs) knife's edge experience for for six Mm -hmm. or seven years there you know um but it was great because i i figured out at that point 
I think the the my favorite thing about the punk ethos is the idea that nobody can make you stop. Like there's no there's no making it. You know, there's there's no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean just make you stop getting fucked up and being an idiot, but I mean make you stop making music. Like it doesn't matter yeah. what mm-hmm. level of skill you have or ability or what kind of shape you're in or if you have to be like. Uh, Mike Watt and duct tape your pants to your ankles so you can shit yourself on stage in the middle of the set. You just keep fucking going no matter what. That helped. That that helped later on. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize you guys, I didn't, I, 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 how far do you guys go back? You and Will. I didn't realize it was like drive by truckers era. That's who we met. Yeah. Okay. I got you. And this was just a social call or was this like a work thing? You guys hit it off. He was writing for the fader. Yeah. Tell him. Yeah. I went to muscle shoals, Alabama to write about the drive by truckers when they had gone, They, they were based out of Athens, but most of them were including Jason, although he was a generation younger had grown up or been born and grown up in the muscle shoals area. And they were going back to this place where they had all this history and Patterson hood, the uh, founder of the drive by truckers, his dad was the bass player in the swampers. So he was part of the muscle shoals sound um, that, you know, played on all those great soul records that made that the music from that area famous. So there was this interesting moment of these like punk kids who had always, resisted everything about the history of that era and kind of got chased out of town for being assholes set up in Athens goes back to where they're from to record this album, the dirty South. And I went down, I was working at the fader magazine and went down to write a story about all of that. And that's where Jason and I met. We met at a meet and three. What was the name of that meet and three? The Hollywood Inn. the Hollywood Inn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> The Hollywood Inn soul food. And we were being, I remember we were being such dickheads to Danny Clinch all morning because he was trying to take pictures of us. And then we're sitting there having lunch and Danny just <laughs> sits a book down uh, next to him and doesn't say anything. And we start passing it around. It's all these pictures of like Tupac and, and uh, Radiohead and fucking Outcast and all this shit. And we're like, wait a minute, did you take these pictures? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. And we're like, oh, dude, I'm so, they always send such shitheads to photograph us we didn't didn't realize you were really a photographer you know yeah he just kind of sat it down on the lunch table next to him until somebody grabbed it and people and now danny clinch has been shooting jason and Mm -hmm. the rest of that band for 20 years as well so yeah i I love when that kind of stuff happens i think it's like getting more and more rare you know what i mean because there's so many people in between you know, the artist and the writer in a lot of ways, but I, I'm glad to see that you guys have been able to maintain this uh, relationship for so long. Because um, I, I think of you guys as friends. Like, I know that. You know what I mean? Um, so it's uh, it, it's nice to see that that's where it started. Yeah, and then we would, like, mm-hmm. both be at South by Southwest. I think the next time we hung out after uh, me doing that story was at South by Southwest and then they would come through New York and I would go to the shows and we'd hang out after and just kind of kept it going. You had Fader Fort. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was Fader a big Fort. party. We've all been to the Fader Fort yeah. for better or worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it so great that you don't have to go to South by Southwest every year now? Yeah, it's awesome. That's it's the best awesome. outcome of, of, of success. <laughs> um, all right, guys, is your is your show in Atlanta? Is it going to be sold out, or are we do we still have some tickets to move? The, depends how big your audience is, guys. We gotta sell tickets. <laughs> okay, great. We do we do pretty well in Atlanta. So it's yeah. so it's December seventeenth yeah. at the fabulous yes, Fox sir. Theater, correct? Oh yeah. So that's that's this weekend. Okay, and they can get they can yeah. get tickets wherever tickets are sold. Yeah, Fox Theater website. JasonIsbell.com, WillWelch.com for tour dates. 
Yeah, yeah. Jason Isbell slash Wheel Welch backslash Wheel Welch. www.wwwwelch.com. My web administrator is still working on my tour page, so see if it's up by next Saturday. Supply chain issues, I get it, man. Those pages, those tip pages are tough to put together, but no, we thank you guys both, yeah. both for joining us. Uh, this was a pleasure, and if you're in the Atlanta or even the general, you know, southeast. Uh, December 17th at the Fox uh, you know where to get tickets jasonisbell.com or if you need to do a points run for the end of the year it's a great Delta hub that's a good point that's, that's, great. that's great yeah. we're thinking about it we're thinking about it thank you both thank y'all